Welcome to Bring On Reviews Podcast, where if you want, we review it. I'm your host, DC. I'm joined today by Moss. How's it going, everyone? And in this podcast, we review a couple things from either movie news, um, TV show episodes, even some comic book information. This is the 16th episode of the podcast titled San Diego Comic-Con 2015 Highlights. So what we're basically going to do in this podcast today is discuss um, all the panels, well, not all the panels, all the panels I want to talk about that happened at um, (laughs) Comic-Con this year at San Diego. Um, the two main ones uh, are um, DC and Fox. So we're going to start with DC first. Um, the first one here is Batman v Superman. Um, they had a panel there, plus they um, debuted a brand new trailer for the movie. So, um, Moss, what was your thoughts on this trailer and the panel itself? I thought it was great because they offered a lot of insight and they also offered information that's going to be very important which is what sets dc apart from marvel in the movie world and the biggest thing that sets them apart is their i guess truer sense of real life like um pretty much big thing that happens in the trailer if you guys haven't seen it is that they show how bruce wayne and people close to him were directly affected by the events of the Man of Steel's, the, the last Superman movie, and how he takes action based off of that. And it shows something that Marvel doesn't ever really show, which is death and loss, and loss on major levels. And in Marvel movies, buildings get destroyed, cities get leveled, people don't really die, though. But in DC, that's not the case. So it's very a very humanistic, very real approach, very dark, very very understandable vengeance man on a hunt type storyline and that i think is going to be their biggest selling point which is has been in the past and has proven to be successful and i'm just hoping they tell a really good story and uh yeah looks looks like it's going to be really really good i'm excited i think i think the panel went well and i think the debut of their trailer went very very well it was very well received people are still a bit skeptical about ben affleck as batman but you know that actually all quieted down once jared leto was announced as joker because joker's a much bigger deal so what were your thoughts on the panel for batman versus superman oh i thought the panel was awesome um when i actually um watched the highlights from it i was like oh this is kind of cool seeing all them all on the screen and seeing both Ben Affleck next to Henry Cavill and seeing what could come from this new movie and seeing the the actual trail itself. It's kind of cool. Seeing the, both of them face off against each other and then at the end seeing um, Gal Gadot come in. I actually want to hear some lines from her because I'm still not completely sold on her. Um, I'm okay with Ben Affleck <laughs> being Batman because I'm like, All right, Ben Affleck's doing good, so... Let's see what he does. I'm, I'm fine with him. The only person I'm kind of shaky on is Gal Gadot because I haven't really seen her much. And I was like, all right, you're supposed to be Diana Prince. And uh, I'm not sure. You know, you look good in a bikini. Sorry to say that. But I want to see you take command and show these guys what, is, what it's like to be a strong female. So hopefully she's able to portray that perfectly on the screen. And, um... Well- well, if you consider how well she did in a predominantly male cast like in Fast and the Furious, she definitely stood out, and she definitely showed guys what a woman can do. I 
I agree with you in the same sentiment, though, because when you're talking about a warrior goddess, it's a whole nother playing field, you know? So uh, seeing her, the only thing that's really going to convince her, I guess, is to see her in action. Because not so much the acting, I'm sure you feel like she can handle the acting, but it's embodying the action part of it. And I agree, I'm interested, I'm interested. But I am, that's, that's really where the line will be drawn in, in her regard. Well, it's it's more or less the acting part. Um, the action, I'm okay with her trying to do that because, just be honest, when you have action, you can either get yourself there or a stunt double. So you're supposed to get the acting part right. So as long as you get the acting part right, then I'm fine with her. But um, for now, I'm not sure. But hey. Well, I mean, if you consider her versus a different female superhero, such as like Black Widow, Black Widow is very crafty. You know, she does submissions and rolls around and, like, breaks limbs and kicks butt and shoots things. We're talking about Wonder Woman. She's a straight-up Roman-style sword and shield kind of assault person. So the action is really going to be pivotal. To really embody Wonder Woman, she's going to have to get really down and dirty with the physical acting, of physical fighting. So I'm, I think it'll, it'll really be determined by how she gets in in terms of the fighting. Nah, um, with the fighting, all you need is a good stunt double, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot say a word and have a good stunt double, and you're good to go. But um, she would definitely have to portray herself well. You know, the, the mannerism she has, and, and hopefully that looks well. Hopefully it does. But um, let's get to the next topic. Um, Next one we have up here is Arrow. Um, Actually, we'll start off with this one. When I saw the, the panel and seeing everyone on, on, on the stage... It, it was kind of cool. Really was cool. Um, seeing the, the, the new costume for Stephen Amell, I was like, alright, I like this new costume there. And the little monologue he had to, at the beginning. And to know that he's actually going to go to the Green Arrow phase and have more jokes. It's going to, it's going to be awesome. So hopefully season four is a lot better than season three. Cause season three wasn't the best season, but you know, not every season is going to be awesome. So hopefully season four Brings it back to like seasons one glory, and um, it's, it should be awesome. Um, what is your thoughts on the whole panel? Well, there's a few things around that. Um, I don't know if you're aware or not, but when Steve Amell came on stage dressed as the Green Arrow and he showed everyone his new costume, he even tweeted an Instagram pictures of him, what he called uh, giving his WWE promo style cut for the season four of the arrow and interestingly enough that caused some buzz and was promoted by the wwe and uh wrestler the miz tweeted back and forth with him in a little war of words talking trash and then amel showed up to a live taping and he actually had a little altercation with stardust so stardust made mention of him coming after the arrow and so did The Miz. So it seems like we might actually see Amel get involved with WWE. He's been a lifelong fan of the WWE, so it wouldn't be very surprising. I personally think it would be great. A, promotion. B, you've seen what he can do on his own. I think it would be a good alternative, and it would be some fun to see him in the ring. Pull off some high-flying moves. But aside from that, I, I'm really excited for Season 4. I want to see where they take it in terms of him eventually coming back to Starling City and seeing where things were left off and 
what he has to do to is he going to finish the list? That's my only question. Is he going to finish the list? Because season three was put everything on pause, reach our goal, and that's fine. But is he going to finish the list? He 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 might not finish the list just because the his thought process on it has kind of changed. Before it's like all right, each person on this list has to die some kind of way, shape, or form, or come to justice in his kind of way. How it was now. His his thoughts process is different. Now he's trying to save the city itself. So the list might come in every now and then, but I I don't think they're gonna go back to the list because there there weren't there weren't many names left on that list anyway because he took out a good number of them. But yeah, um, so um, the next panel that came up was the Flash panel. Um, Moss, what were your thoughts on this panel? I thought it was really good. I love seeing the cast of The Flash, especially because a personal favorite of mine amongst both series is the character of Cisco Ramon. He's single-handedly responsible for something in almost every single episode in The Flash. He made weapons for the good guys, the bad guys, customized suits. He found things out, and at the end of the season, you find out he's also a metahuman, and you're just like... That's right, Cisco. That's because you're amazing. <laughs> so I personally am excited to see what they do with Cisco. Also, where are they going to end up? My biggest thing is how are they going to tie in season one with the rest of the Flash universe? Because explaining the Flash universe can be a bit convoluted because it's very heavily tied into alternate uh, universes and bad guys that keep popping back and forth through time and all sorts of interdimensional travel. So it can be very, very hard to explain. And so far they've done an amazing job. But ending off the season, like he just up and disappeared somewhere and then referring to the the coming of Zoom, I think this is going to be good. But like I already have a few friends that are so confused because they have no clue about Zoom and they just read up and they're just like, is this another reverse flash? That's an alternate reverse flash. So I see it being a potential problem, but if they continue with the recipe from season one, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be more than fine, actually, because they've adapted, they've, they've introduced so many new villains that people would normally not have a single clue about. And also, they've really came and touched our hearts with a lot of subtext and subcharacters. Like, you really fell in love with the whole cast, not just Cisco, but everyone involved around the Flash, you know? You, you really got a sense of harmony really fast. And I think a lot of that's credited to the synchronization and the harmony that you can find on the set of the Arrow. So them piloting off of that success in this direction, I think is fantastic. So I'm really excited for season two. Yeah, it should be, it should be very good. Um, just mention off of Zoom, he's going to be on the, the main baddie for that, um, ep, um, season. And then you have, um, Jay Garrick is going to actually be in there. Plus Wally West is going to make an appearance. So seeing the different, um, Earths come into fruition is going to be kind of cool. Plus, um, I don't think you have to be too much of a comic, comic book geek to actually watch the TV shows because they're doing so well of bringing yeah. everything you want to see from these universes and making it relatable to um, fans that are not really honed in on the um, comic book series, which is good. It's a good formula. Um, you can keep close to the source material, but don't take directly from it. So they've been mixing and mashing different people and 
it's working well on the screen. So I, I can't wait to see this um actual episode and this whole season. And hopefully they actually change the costume a little bit and bring in the, the white emblem that they showed in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be kind of cool. Plus to see Killer Frost on the TV screen would be kind of nice also. So I know um Daniel, um, not, um, whatever her name was, um, Pendergrass, um, she wanted to actually go in the costume again, so can't wait to see her, and hopefully Vibe gets the costume too, so it'll be kind of cool. Really. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I have one question. Do you think mm-hmm. Cisco's going to be able to make a ring similar to what Reverse Flash had, where he would shoot the suit out? That would be awesome. <laughs> That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. But, I mean, that was also an inside awesome joke. So hopefully hopefully something similar. But, I mean, I will keep my hopes up. I, I do expect Cisco to come up with some more craziness. Because, I mean, he even went over to, to help out on the arrow and hooked up the canary stuff. What more do you want from a guy? He, he yeah. had an answer for, for virtually everything. Yeah, the guy's amazing. Basically. So, um. We'll, we'll see what exactly he comes up with this um, season. Hopefully he comes with some great stuff. If not, then that's good also. He's definitely a comedic relief, and he's doing good on this season. So next yeah. season should be awesome. So leading to that is yeah. um, the Suicide Squad panel. Um, they Almost everyone's on this panel except for Jared Leto, which is kind of, kind of funny because everybody wanted to see him there. So um, what were your thoughts on the panel itself? And the trailer that dropped also. Well, I think they had they had their hands full because a Suicide Squad film would, in my opinion, would do the same thing that the Guardians of the Galaxy did for Marvel in the sense in the sense that there are a lot of sub characters, with the exception, of course, of you know, like um, the Joker and Harley Quinn, who are pop culture favorites. But, you know, Deadshot, Killer Croc, side characters that don't get much shine, they're able to tell a story and sell it as much as possible because they're able to tell a story as true to, true to life to the comics as possible. So I think that this movie could be a huge takeoff for DC as a whole because if they're able to sell their product out very well in terms of something like the Suicide Squad, it could be amazing. So I see why they added someone like the Joker just to put it over the edge. But they are teetering with, you know, a dangerous topic because, you know, as iconic as Jack Nicholson's Joker is, Keith Ledger set such a high standard. He just set such a different standard. So um, people being excited to see him is also so, is also coming under heavy fire, as you know. So many months already have gone by that people are, oh, why is he covered in tattoos? What's going on? But, I mean, if you accept the fact that it's, A, merging with pop culture and trending now, you, you can't, you can't, I, I honestly couldn't see someone else other than Ledger pulling off Joker without going the direction that, that Jared Leto did. And honestly, I think that means it's a good idea. So far, I'm sold, you know? He's a bit more of a psychopath, whereas, whereas, uh, Heath Ledger was much more of an anarchist. So it's, it's a big difference. And, I think these these characters are going to really shine, and I just hope it's as good as it looks because it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, it really does look amazing. Um, you could tell 
the differences between Jared Leto and um, Heath Ledger's Joker. And the only thing that's similar to both their Jokers is the fact that um, Jared Leto kind of sounds a little bit like Heath Ledger, which is a little disconcerting. Uh, I kind of wish he had a slightly different voice, but the voice is good nonetheless. Um, he portrayed Joker pretty well for the first trailer. Those last few seconds, I was like, oh, okay, you're really getting psychotic. And all right, I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. Before, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure because the hair color. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. The hair color alone was like the only, that's the only part I didn't like about the Joker. I was like, I was like, Jared Leto's well, an awesome actor. But then I saw the hair color, I was like, ah, oh, so bright. What's a little darker? You know, that that kind of goes bit. back to what I said, though. If you consider that, like I said, Heath Ledger's Joker was much more of an anarchist, and the Joker that we're getting from Jared Leto is much more of the psychopath. Uh, I saw an interesting meme today where it was talking about the different Jokers that have been. And um, they even referenced, I forget the gentleman's name, the guy who played the Joker in the TV show, Batman, back way back in the day. They were talking about how he was the clown. Mm -hmm. They mentioned how uh, Jack Nicholson's was the prankster, how he was the the, the convent. And then they mentioned how uh, Heath Ledger is the Antichrist and Jared Leto's is a psychopath, but the true Joker, the one who embodies them all, is Mark Hamill, who does the voice of, who has done the voice of almost everything animated, video game wise, for Joker for a very long time until recently. And everyone knows iconically that Mark Hamill does the best Joker voice. Obviously, we're not going to get him to be Joker, yeah. but I, if you consider the psychopath part of Joker, I think Jared Leto's nailing it. Because honestly, how creative, how dope, how amazing are those, the laughing tattoo that he has that's just a trail of ha-ha-ha all over himself. I think it's brilliant. So if you factor in the fact that he's just lost his mind in a in a laugh factory way, kind of like how the Joker really did lose his mind in the story, then, you know, I, I don't see too much wrong with the bright neon hair. Also, it gives him a different look. You you shouldn't look at him and expect something similar to Jared to uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. So him dyeing his hair orange, I mean neon green, I th think that makes him stand out in a really good way and very Joker-esque. But let's see how the rest of it plays out. Yeah, um, my, my beef is just the whole it's this too bright neon. This is um, if it was darker, I've been fine. You know, just. It makes me look at his hair too much and not his face. And I'm not sure why. Because it's too bright, probably. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but that being said, um, there's one more part for a DC um, panel. And that was The Legends of Tomorrow. Um, this is a new series that's coming out from CW. It's basically a crossover between Arrow and The Flash and some other um, people that's going to be in there also. They're going to have Hawker on there. They're going to have Rip Hunter. And they're going to have Vandal Savage as their main bad person. And they're going to merge everyone else. Um, Katie Lotz will be in there again. I know she did pass away on the arrow, but she's back as the White Canary. Um, so what were your thoughts on this on panel? I think this is a calculated move to compare against something like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is a calculated move by DC to do so. And... It's clear and present why, but I think they're, I think they're, um, I think they're getting ahead of themselves a bit. As great as Legends of Tomorrow might be, 
I could see this being the series that I really wish they didn't do. Because I feel like they're trying too hard with it. Whereas I like the sub-characters that are in there, especially the White Canary, because this, that's still forever favorite woman on either show, Slash, or Arrow. Um, however, I think they're trying too hard to, to keep pushing things out. As much as I like the Atom, as much as I like so many other things going on with it, I feel like it's a recipe for disaster because with all these extra, um, with all these extra characters, you have to cater to so much more at the same time. And then they're going to be appearing on shows. It might be a little hard to keep track of. I think they may have gone a little overboard with this one, but who knows? They might actually succeed. Like I said, they, they do have characters already established that we're very well familiar with. So they have a plus on that. And those characters were seen on both spectrums in terms of flash and arrow. So that's a big, big, big plus. You know, already we're both drawn to seeing it only because to really get the whole story from all ends, we need to watch it now. And we want to watch it because we like those characters. However, I think they're pushing it. I think they're stretching it a little far at the moment. And I, I just see this not working out as well as it could under other conditions. <laughs> what about you? Um, For me, uh, I think this is a good move. Um, DC and the whole CW, um, primarily because um, you have these extra characters that you need to give them more screen time because they're such great characters. You have um, Captain Cold, you yeah. have Heat Wave, you have um, Hot Girl, you have White Kinner, you have the Atom, and then Flash is going to be in the Austin and um, Firestorm be there too. So have them in the other stories for Arrow and the Flash. It might make those two too much and might um crowd it a little too too much on, on that side so given all them their own show that's combined together is a great 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 thing to do i'd rather that than each one of them getting their own show i'm like all right that'd be way too much for you guys but having them all combine all the great characters from both shows combined into one it's a great move it, it should be a great thing plus it, it's it's gonna cross over into the both the Arrow and the Flash of series. So I always loved the Flash and Arrow crossovers. So now having the Legends of Tomorrow Flash uh, crossovers now, it's going to be an amazing thing all across the board for me. Yeah, I mean, I look forward I look forward to the crossovers as well, but I do see how... I, I don't think it'll be a good idea for them to continue trying to bank off of the success they've gotten from crossovers. The amount of times we saw it was great. Would I prefer one more episode like that? Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, I think this is going to be a level of maturity for a show like The Flash so that it can establish itself and take off. I'm more concerned to see anything that might give us an indication that they may, like rumors have suggested, turn Diggle into the next Green Lantern, which would be amazing. I don't know. Are you familiar with those rumors? Yeah, I heard those rumors. Um, it got squashed very early and very quickly. Um, when people mentioned, "Oh, he's just like John Stewart," and folks are like, "No, he's not gonna be John Stewart, not at all." And it's like he's gonna have a costume, which is gonna be, I think, the Black Driver is what what it's called. Where he mentioned, it was kind of funny when he mentioned. It. I was like, "All right." Um, they actually have pictures online now where he's gonna have a helmet that covers his face, and he's gonna have the biker jacket, of course, and then the military fatigues. So I was like. Yeah, that's good. That's good enough for a costume, you know. It's not too flashy. Well, I mean, 
if if anything from the end of last season is an indicator, things are going to be very very different different for him, mm-hmm. considering the relationship that's changed between him and uh between him and Stephen Mount, aka aka Oliver Queen. So it might might be a little intense and emotional. Personally, I, I look forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. Definitely good. Um, talking about emotional, um, we're going to move forward to the, the Fox panels. Um, there's two parts here for it. The first part, which um, I know we both love and is great to see actually come out, is the Daredevil panel. Um, not Daredevil. I'm sorry. Deadpool panel. Wrong Marvel character. Oh, <laughs> don't second. get it twisted. But, um, don't yeah, get it twisted. Um, the Deadpool um, panel that came out. Oh, uh, man. That panel was hilarious. <laughs> I kept on laughing every single moment because um Chad Hart was it Chad Hardwick? No, Chris Hardwick. Chad Hardwick, the guy from um Talking Dead, that dude, and then um TJ Miller. Like back and forth, jokes and jokes, and a lot of horse references. I was like, all right, you guys are going overboard, and I kind of wish he was in a movie too, <laughs> just because the banter between both of them is just hilarious. So um they had a trailer also for it, and the trailer. It looks nice. It definitely looks nice. Um, it was very meta. Had a lot of jokes about the Green Lantern. Um, that was a funny bit when it first started. They had um, a few other jokes. And they actually inputted the the test footage. They actually had that in there too. So it's kind of see him actually pull it off. I was like, oh, this is good. And now it's actually real on the screen itself. So it's pretty nice seeing that. Plus, seeing Colossus pop up in there, I was like, oh, okay. Colossus is in this movie. And then that yeah. girl that's with them, her name is too long for me to actually pronounce right now. But um she looks cool also and and to find out Gina Carano's in there too, I was like, Oh, okay. Uh let's see what she does. Um she's been an okay actor, not the best, but I'll give her a chance. Um well, Ryan Reynolds himself is definitely the best pick for Deadpool and I can't wait to see this movie. It's this trail was amazing. I'm just going to say that. Just amazing. Um, what was your thoughts yeah, on that? I think, like you said, the energy and the vibe that was given off, you know, finally, Deadpool's getting a movie, and yes, it's rated R. So that means they have to step up and deliver. But it's not going to be that hard if they let Ryan Reynolds cut loose and do what he has to do. A lot of people give him flack because he doesn't seem like a multi-dimensional character in terms of his acting ability. But I think that's totally horse crap. And I don't see anyone else who could have been a better Deadpool. He's always snarky and on point. We kind of got the hint earlier from the original Wolverine movie. And now uh, it's coming to fruition. And he, he fits like a glove. He's like... He's like a reject Spider-Man, which is essentially what, what Deadpool is. So to see that and then to see characters which we know and love be involved in it, I think it's going to be great. I agree with your skepticism in part about Gina Carano and her ability, but I've seen her in a few films and we both know she kicks tons of butt. So, uh, I think it's going to be good. I mean, I, mean, I, I have high expectations for the film and, I know I'm going to be laughing hysterically, so I'm expecting an awesome story. I just want to know how far they will take it because I have a 13-year-old brother who's obsessed with Deadpool, and he's demanding to go. <laughs> it, it it will definitely go far. Um, 
just the panel alone, this here and the, um, can't remember the actual, um, director's name off the top of my head, but they were swearing like, <laughs> like a sailor. It, it was this whole bunch of curse words left and right, that whole panel. And I, I was kind of loving it. I was like, all right, if the panel is this expletive, then the movie should be even worse. <laughs> and this, um, the amount of jokes they had to cut out of it, it was like, yeah, we had to cut that joke because it went too far. And I was like, okay, I know, I know what that's big looking at. It's going to be awesome. Really, it's going to be awesome. So, um, there's one more thing we got to talk about is the Fantastic Four panel. Um, this one, unfortunately, got, um, over, it, it, it didn't really sign up to what it should have been. Um, it looks like it's going to be a great movie, but, um, Deadpool went first. So it's just one of those things where, you put your star player out there, and then you put your bench player, and it's like, oh, man, kind of wish we put our bench player first. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should have we should have introduced the B-Squad first. Yeah, really uh, should have. So, I agree with that sentiment, although I think the biggest gripe which people have, which even I was a bit skeptical about when I first heard about it, was the introduction of Johnny Storm being black and i.e. adopted by Sue Storm's family, and that being the relationship. I thought it was a bit stretched because people are concerned about the saturation or forced change of characters and ideas from, you know, people not wanting to let go from their childhood and evolving onto newer life. But I actually have seen more things coming out from Michael B. Jordan, and I think he's he's my new favorite actor. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And I think he's going to be a fantastic Johnny Storm. I think he's going to be such a good Johnny Storm. Wouldn't be surprised if you see him pop up in other films. And hopefully this this whole stranglehold that Fox has on Marvel characters finally gets released because I would love to see him get involved with things. But seeing him cross over into a Spider-Man film, don't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that at all just because of how dynamic and amazing he is and how much they almost want to keep just him, even if it's just him, on board with something. Hopefully the film does well. I admit that I think this might be the best Fantastic Four rendition to come out, even though I haven't even seen it. But it doesn't say much considering the last few have been pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have much hype to live up to, but I think the cast might just pull it off. I the more I see from the first time I heard about it, uh the more interested I am. At first I was like, Oh god, not again. But then after seeing so many things come, I think this is actually gonna be good. So Yeah, um I'm I'm hopeful. When I first heard about this um, movie, I wasn't too happy about it just because of the cast. And I was like, all right, um, they're thinking about, actually, not the cast. I'm wrong, wrong thing to say. It wasn't the cast, um, the premise of the movie itself. I was like, all right, you want the yeah. young Fantastic Four? I was like, all right, so Fantastic Four babies. I was like, ah, it's going to be bad. And then seeing the cast, I'm like, all right, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell. And I was like, okay. Um, I'm okay with that cast. Uh, let's see what they actually pull off. Saw the first trailer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, saw the first trailer, and I was like, yeah, I, I can see this happening. No problem at all. Kind of wish the thing had some underwear of some sort, but oh well, we're going with the no underwear thing. I guess everyone's doing it. <laughs> Everything's rocky. I don't know yeah. how he goes to the bathroom at all. Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing that's what they're doing for that one. Johnny Storm, um, Mike B. Jordan looks like he will be a great um, Johnny Storm. It's okay if he's African American. It's fine with me, as long as you embody Johnny Storm. Yeah, the characters. Character, as yeah. long as you have the essence of him. As long as you're you're snarky, but you know, really, really cool, and you're brotherly and aggressive with thing. You know, 
and you, you come through in the clutch. You yeah, do crazy so, things and sacrifice yourself in the end zone. Yeah, all I want, all I want to do is see some um, wise cracks from him towards the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then want to see Jamie Bell be angry almost every moment of the day. So it'll be cool to see <laughs> that. And then seeing um, Miles Teller and Reed Richards' um, portrayal, it was kind of cool. Um, just seeing the, the updated trailer, I was like, all right, him as a young Reed Richards it's hilarious. Well, actually, not him as um this other kid as young Reed Richards was hilarious. This whole oh teleportation thing, and I already got it done, that kind of thing. It was kind of funny well, to actually see that. I agree with you in the sense that I also I've seen a lot of films about Miles Teller, and I agree where his comedy is great, and applying that style to Reed Richards, I think they really have something with that. Like that's a part of his personality that we never really saw because Reed Richards has always been the nerdy scientist who stuck to everything and letting him cut loose just a little bit and having a personality. I think I'm like, I would love this rendition of Reed Richards. I think this is going to be really, really good. Even if he only gets a few jokes in, I think that'll be fantastic. So I'm really hopeful that it works out. Yeah, it should definitely work out. All right. So um, that's all we have for today. Um, unfortunately, Marvel didn't make it out to, um, San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is fine enough. Um, these two panels here did great justice, plus they had many other panels, but I chose to do these main panels because there's a talk of the town, and I might as well get my opinion on it, and our opinion on it, basically. So, um, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, iTunes, at Bring On New Reviews. You can email us at bringonreviews at gmail.com for any questions you might have. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, at Bring On Reviews, and use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any questions, any um, suggestions, anything you might have, you can send us that way. Um, you can also go on www.bringonreviews.com for any movie reviews, um, TV show episodes, trailers and this podcast itself um moss where can we find you on social media you can find me at goliath at nyc on twitter and on instagram you can find me at defiant underscore moss awesome and you can find me dc on instagram and twitter at dwight ant c that's d-w-i-g-h-t-a-n-t-c that's d-w-i-g-h-t ANTC, and you can email me at bring on reviews. I, I, sorry, messed that up. DC at bring on reviews.com. And we'll catch your reviewers next week. Take care, guys. <laughs>